and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined by my friend Alison. Hi! <laughs> uh, you've just joined me for watching a film. That is a correct. Thomasy Cruisel film, as I like to call them. Yes. <laughs> so I picked this film for you because of your, I know, life experience yep. and everything. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure who to pick for this film. It broaches a lot of topics that are very sensitive yeah. um, in a lot of ways. I feel like you no, didn't yeah. pick you for the wrong reasons or anything like that. Yeah, no, you cool. did well. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, a film from 1989. So we're still hanging out early Tom Cruise. Uh, it's directed by Oliver Stone and it's born on the 4th of July. This is a film. I'll wrap up real quick before we get actually get into it properly. It is distinctly anti-war. Oliver Stone, I... I looked up his filmography when Ben was like, ew, I hate Oliver Stone. And <laughs> I, yeah, not, not a lot of great films, but he does seem to be quite anti-war, which is pretty cool. I'm anti-war myself. I think of all the films, this is probably the, uh, one of the few I've actually watched and enjoyed. So I don't know if Timothy Cruz had something to do with that. but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably quite likely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just based off that we're watching that for the very first time just now, uh, just like some quick thoughts. I think it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely a lot to take in. I found actually a lot of parallels parallels to like 2020 society which I found was really interesting Mm. but yeah no concept was quite interesting and I obviously didn't even realize that it was based on a true story so yeah I found that that was really cool as well. Yeah so it's based on the life of Ron Kovic who was a Vietnam war vet and you know he was very from a very patriotic family who was also very religious already Catholic. He served over in Vietnam and becomes wounded, comes back in, is very angry at the world, obviously. Uh, at first he still tries to be patriotic and then he eventually becomes anti-war. Uh, so yeah, he wrote a book about his life and this book was made into a film by Oliver Stone and apparently Ronkovic actually wrote it with Oliver Stone. So he was actually really happy with the film as far as I can tell and also apparently really happy with Tom Cruise's casting. So there you go. Bonus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, who really like, I'm Ronkovic, I'm just an anti-war guy and then like, well, we're going to get the most famous, handsome yeah. actor to play you. He's like, if you're mad. So yeah, that's who you think of when yeah, you Yeah, right. Imagine being like, who would play you in a film? And he's like, mm, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Living the dream. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into the movie. Um, we'll see how long this goes. It's like, yeah, there's a lot in it. I think it went from yeah. like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was a yeah. long film. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot a lot in there. Mm-hmm. The movie starts off as a voiceover of Ron, played by Tom Cruise, talking about his childhood, kids playing war. There's a 4th of July parade, obviously based on the name of the movie. He's born the 4th of July, so it's his birthday and it's the 4th of July parade and he's watching it and... You know, this girl who we find out later is Donna, who is a perpetual love interest. Uh, she gives him a present of this New York Yankees hat. The thing I didn't pick up when I first watched this, because I didn't have, know anything about this film when I first watched it, was they like really focus on the war vets who are amputees, uh, in wheelchairs, disabled, yep. things like that. And they really focus on that. And you see them like kind of reacting badly to all the firecrackers yeah, going off. I noticed, yeah, a lot of them were flinching because of yeah. the PTSD. And that's something that like, um, so my dad uh, is a serving member and obviously been to like lots of Anzac Day parades and things and he was a member of the sub branch so I mm. actually like had interactions with a lot of the elderly like yeah. gentlemen and stuff there and that was like a fairly common theme of you know that there's a lot of things that kind of just trigger it yeah, yeah I can imagine can, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet there's like let's let him crack firecrackers yeah. and shoot toy guns at, and... yeah parades of all things like that's not it doesn't happen here like no. it's not a thing here which I think is probably really yeah. good but yeah in America it's just a whole different ball game I yeah. think and they're like yeah let's just do whatever the hell we want let's <laughs> just spook these old timies yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. they, they'll be fine. Yeah, totally fine. No worries. Uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go through quickly his early life. Like, he has his first kiss with Donna and he looks kind of bored through it and he's, she's like, so what did you think? He's like, mm, look how many push-ups I can do. Like, he's, Yeah, it was so weird. He was like, they were so little. Yeah. I was like, why? Is, stop. Why are you doing that? You're yeah, children. No. <laughs> You're like seven. I don't care to see children kissing. Yeah, Thank I was you. like, no thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, they're watching TV with his family. He's got a really large family. Uh, JFK speech that's talking about fighting the Vietnam War, which is already, must have just started when he was young. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it must have been when he was yeah. young, yeah. His family's really patriotic. His dad had served in World War Two, and he, like his mum looks at him and goes, oh, I just ha- had a dream about you giving a speech to a whole bunch of people and very important, blah, blah, blah. And he's you know, sitting there like, yeah, I'm going to join that war when I can. Yeah. Um, cuts to him being a teenager. He's like a pro wrestler at school. He's very athletic and energetic. Like he, they show him at a big wrestling match. He loses and he's very upset. Like Donna's watching and everyone's like really upset, which kind of sets up that whole like failure is not an option kind of yep, yep. kind of thing. Yeah, because he's like fucking weeping on the on yeah. The mat you're like, so oh, devo. Yeah. <laughs> it's just high school wrestling. Hey, yeah. No one, no one yeah. actually cares. It's so strange. Like thinking back on your high school as well, being like now being an adult, you're like I literally don't care. And then back when you're a teenager, you're like no, everything's riding on this. My whole future. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna hate me forever. Uh, no one remembers it. <laughs> yeah, literally, no one. I don't. I'm like, I don't even remember. I think I talked to one person from my high school, and that's how much it's influenced my yeah, adult life. Exactly. So. And there's one bit that made me laugh that sort of sets up how conservative, like, and religious his family is. His mum finds a Playboy. Yes. Under his bed, and he gets this huge, like, just screaming at him. He's like, yeah. "It's not mine. My friend just loaned it to me." Like, chases him out the house. Yeah. Get this out of my house. I told you not to have any of these in here. <laughs> so. The Marines, so a bunch of, well, two Marines come to the school and talk to all the boys about, basically, it's just a recruitment thing, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how important the Marines are and how you have to be the best and, you know, Ron is just sitting there with, like, big hearts in his eyes. Yeah, he literally, yeah, like, I noticed that as well. I put that down in my notes and I was like, yeah, no, he's literally got, like, this fire in his eyes and yeah. he's like, oh, my God, it sounds amazing. And I was like, you just watch that train away. <laughs> just watch it flip. <laughs> he signs up. Like, everyone's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah signing up's a good idea but they're all kind of shocked that he wants to do it like straight out of school yeah straight into it um, I think he's like 17 at that point right I think he's usually 17, 18 when you leave high school yeah so. well you have to be 18 to sign up so he must, must have only just I think because he decided when he was 17 and then he must have as soon as he hit 18 was like mm. that's it I'm gone cool yeah um, <laughs> one friend tries to talk him out of it and it was kind of like why bother like why I can go to uni and do other things and all these friends kind of rib him but just the one friend who's kind of like just think about it don't just rush yeah. into it but Ron's not to be dissuaded he works at a supermarket with his dad he tries to like he's back to he's like very very close to being shipped out for boot camp and everything he sees Donna at the shop and he goes and talks to her and is like so are you going to prom with anyone she's like oh yeah this other guy because I heard you were going with this other girl from out of town he's like oh I don't I don't have time for the prom I'm, I'm not my fragile masculine ego <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm too busy for fun things when I have to go to war, you see. Yes, I'm very important. I'm going to war. <laughs> then he goes out the back and what appears to be, he picks up an entire ham and yep, throws it at the wall. a whole ham. <laughs> Just he's like, no, I've had enough of this. Throw on a ham. I can't believe I, I'm not going to go out on a date with a girl I love when I never asked her out. Jeez. The, the very dish- definition of going ham. <laughs> <laughs> 
so he misses the prom and he's talking to his dad about you know going to war and everything and his dad although having served is actually not as super pro war and military as his son and I think he's the dad's a little bit browbeaten like they're the overbearing super religious mum and everything and he kind of is like uh, not, talk, not to talk him out of it but just be like eh, I hope you've just been going to Europe somewhere not to yeah. a war yeah go on a holiday yeah like. <laughs> But then Ron's just like, I can't believe you're not like super into this dad. I'll die there if I have to. And the dad's yeah, like, it was so cool. But then the mum comes out and is like, oh, he has to do what he has to do. Oh. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like, um, mum, you just need to chill out. Like maybe not do that to your kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has a little prey. He's feeling, I think talking to his dad made him a little bit confused. He's like, I need to sign. And then all of a sudden he's like, gets up and runs. A little bit of running in this movie. Tom Cruise has not. So you haven't seen any Tom Cruise films, I really. have not seen, I think You've... I've only seen seen Tropic Thunder. And there's no Tom Cruise running in that. No. So I don't even I'll really to... remember that movie at all, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I'll have to educate you on the Tom Cruise run. It's a very yes. specific, very good-looking run, and that was not it. Yeah, this. I was like, like, that's not what I saw. I no. don't think you're telling me the truth right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, 80s, he still had that really weird, gangly Tom Cruise run. It was like arms out at 90 yeah. degree angles and his wrists were just flopping. Yeah. It was just really... And then he has like his, his legs are like, yeah, now it's just like a fucking robot running. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, so here's a run through the rain. He just bursts in like and does this grand romantic gesture of asking her for a dance or sopping wet in his yeah. like, casual clothes when everyone's in their little white tuxedos and everything. But she accepts and which is really great and fair because mm. he's about to be shipped out for four mm. years. Not emotional manipulation at all. No, it's nope. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the last happy memory that we have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we immediately cut to... So it's 1967 now. It's his second tour of Vietnam. And they're, I don't know, they've been on patrol. And someone, I don't know, he, I think he's a squad leader. Yeah, he's a squad leader. Yeah. yeah. And someone who must be a bit above him says, basically, look at all those rifles down that village. Mm. Can you see them? And Ron's looking around and he can't see them. But He's you know, like, yeah, sure, fam. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, we better go down and get them, I guess. Yep, I um, can see that with my eyeballs. <laughs> oh, and also lots of racist slurs in this movie, which we won't repeat. Yeah. But uh, no. they, they open on that, which mm. is really good on, in this scene. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> like, I know this happened, but oof. Yeah. So they just absolutely blast this village, just shoot the shit out of it. And then someone's like screaming, ceasefire, ceasefire. Like, what yeah. did you see? And the other guy's like, oh, I saw a rifle. So they go down. I think that they shot, like, the guy was like, oh, I just saw something and then did it. Like, so he fired without actually having a command. So I yeah. think he, yeah, broke protocol. And they were like, yeah, what they... the fuck are you doing? Like, cut it out. Yeah, and they, but they all kind of cover for it. They were like, oh, yeah, I think that was. I think that's a bit of a thing. Accidental fire yeah. kind of thing. Um, yep. Ron has to go. Ron is the, told to go down with a few of the guys to see if there was any, what you know what, what carnages. Yeah. yeah, and basically it was a civilian village. There was no guns whatsoever around and it was full of women and children most of whom are dead or and the few that are alive are severely injured except for one little baby who obviously bawling its eyes out they're, the guys are like realise they're fucked up and they're distraught and they're trying to help even though these people are just ripped to shreds but what can you do and then they get the order they just like leave them get out and you know Ron's like no there's a baby and they're like nope too late we gotta get out so they just leave this screaming baby and like that's all you can hear is the baby screaming as they retreat trauma <laughs> 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 that bodes well. Yeah. Yeah, so they get the, I think, more of the enemy. Do you call, what do you call them? The Viet Cong? Is that uh, what they're called? Or I don't the, know. Well, like, I don't it was just know like, yeah, the, very little about the Vietnam War, but the enemy come yeah. out and start shooting at them. So obviously they're probably furious that they just shot up a. Well, they were using the village for cover. That was oh. what the thing was. Yeah. Okay. So I think that the squad, Timothy Cruz's squad, squad leader, mm. um, I think had actually seen the rifles, but they were going to wait until maybe they could have 
have a better shot at it or something and then they've just gone in and they've gone like uh. absolutely just like fucked the village and they're like shit we've made a mistake yeah and then that's when the enemy come through and they're like ah oh, idiots you're in the village now haha <laughs> yeah. time for you to die so okay. I, I think from from what i gained i think yeah, that, that, that might have been what happened. Right. yeah yes so they're getting shot at and they're retreating into the sand dunes. Everything's like panicky. The sun's obviously going, starting to go down a bit too. And he sees the shadow of a soldier coming towards him and everyone's shooting at everything. So he shoots at this shadow that could easily be the enemy, but turns out is this other young new member of the squadron, Good Wilson, who he just had a really brief conversation with at the beginning of this scene and shoots him to death. Like he, well, he doesn't, I don't think he really comprehends it at first. No. I think he's like, I think I shot him. And then when he tries to talk to his executive officer, he was just like, you did absolutely not do that. It yeah. was confusing. Don't worry about it. Like, gets angry at him for like trying yeah. to do something. Yeah, because he's like, I think there's this whole thing. Like, if they, if you tell your CEO something, you they have to do something about it. So he's like, oh no, that's definitely not what happened. Like, because yeah. yeah, I'm feeling like he's probably like, I don't want to deal with his paperwork. Are you kidding? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, in the grand scheme of war, I guess that probably happens a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess. Well, was there not long ago that somebody was shot in friendly? F- I don't well, a friendly know. fire is one thing, but if like you're an actual mistaken combat, yeah. and like yeah, you can't see, and everyone is wearing fatigues, yeah. like how it's hard to tell. Yeah, like especially like in a war like in Europe, in World War Two or whatever, where everyone is overwhelmingly looks the same. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, I was even it's, you could almost even compare it to like in America, for example, where they're like, oh, if somebody has a gun, like you should also have a gun because then if they start shooting, you can shoot them, and it's like they're just gonna shoot whoever has a gun. So yeah. like it's all gonna be very confusing. Yeah. So I don't think that you could... Like, it's completely understandable that that w- would happen. Yeah. And, like, from the shot that you could see, it was literally, like, the sun glare and that's all you could someone see. Someone running at him screaming. Yeah, someone, yeah. yeah, running, yelling. He didn't have his hat on or anything. Yeah. And there was no identifications because usually you can kind of tell with either, like, the shape of the uniform or um, it's called webbing. So, mm. like, the stuff that they have on them, like their equipment oh, kit, yeah, yeah. it's called webbing. So, like, their webbing would be different. So you'd probably be able to tell. But with the way that that was shot, it was literally just... Like, yeah, yeah, you couldn't tell. There was no hats. There was nothing, no helmets. So he was just like, shit, there's an enemy here and I'm just going to, you know, save myself, yeah, which I guess. Had, and I guess if you hadn't shot that and that had been the enemy, he would have been yeah, dead. So, he, yeah, 100%. It's yeah. all very tough, but not still not handled very well. No. Uh, <laughs> No. Um, no, like you hear some of the other members of the squad being like, yeah, he came back. Out. Yeah, no, yeah. They're like appalled that he was court martialed. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's war for you, I guess. Um, there's another patrol. They go on and it's another disaster. Just having real good times in Vietnam. Yeah. So I think, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I think they might be ambushed and basically he gets shot in the ankle. He goes down and I think he's like, well, I'm probably going to die anyway, so I'm just going to go guns blazing. Yeah. So he just sits up and starts shooting. And Rookie era. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I explained to Kara, I was like, so basically the first rule, uh, so I did I did cadets when I was younger and we learned a little bit about sort of like the way to do things and, you know, how to like like leopard crawl and do all that. And basically, number one rule is like make yourself not a target. So you just literally lay on the ground like as small as possible. And then he was like, no, I'm literally in a grass field with no cover at all and I'm going to sit up. And yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, well, you've just identified yourself as a target. So um, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And that he did because he gets, shot in the chest he's like 
these gun jams or something. Yeah, and, and he just hits it. He's like, yeah. yeah, this will fix it. I'm just going to... I was like, yeah, cool. I mean, like, don't, I don't know, check the bolt, see if there's a... a Maybe lie down and try and work out. Yeah, it. I don't know. Like, yeah, just bash it. She'll be right, mate. It's like a TV. <laughs> just hit it on the side and see if it goes. Like, yeah. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Like, <laughs> That's how I understand guns work with my no. vast experience of guns. I was like, what is he doing? This is so bad. <laughs> Well, he pays for it because he gets shot in the chest. Uh, he goes down. He does survive, obviously. Otherwise, this would be a very short movie. And another soldier comes and picks him up and they take him to a field hospital. It's just full of wounded soldiers who are just literally pissing up blood. Like, the blood is just pumping out of these. Yeah, the it was like... team had a great time at yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> tomato sauce bottles just that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, these... Mm. I was like, this is very dramatic. <laughs> he's just kind of left for a while because I guess they don't think he's... Either he's not going to survive or he'll be right because there's other yeah. worse injuries. I feel like he was probably, like, when they triaged, I think he would have been lower on the list because yeah. he wasn't, like, absolutely, like, arterial bleeding like a couple yeah. of those other people. So yeah. And he was still alive. Yeah, still had but... all his limbs yeah. attached. Yeah, he was just like, eh, I got shot. He survives. Um, he is shipped back to the USA. He's taken to the Bronx Veterans Hospital. So there were obviously hospitals dedicated to dealing with veterans, except obviously all the funding goes into the war mm-hmm. and not so much into caring because as is proven throughout most of history and continues to be, no one cares about veterans. Yeah, so, I, I made a note of that as well. I was like, so basically, like even here, you'll find like they, there's not so much, I mean, the recruitment thing's not so big here. I think over in the US as well, like here there is a really kind of vetting process so you go and you do what's called your U day so you go and do like testing like IQ testing Mm. and then they actually give you a list of jobs that you would be good for and then they don't really go around to the schools and they're not like hey come join the military yeah like I definitely never heard that in high school no like and that's not something that we ever did like when I did cadets we like spoke to the school and we did talks about joining the cadets and stuff like that because it wasn't actually you know you did go and do any you weren't allowed to do anything that simulated war activities or anything like that but we did things like you know remembrance day we'd do services for the school and stuff which i thought was kind of cool but yeah it was just the, i think there's a very stark contrast in like australia versus american military mm. and one thing that we actually do quite well as a military is we train our soldiers to actually be competent at the position above them so for example if their senior officer ended up being injured or dying or whatever mm. they could then step up so yeah. i think australia uh, has one of the lowest like victim rates oh really yeah out of out of like the wars and stuff like that so even i think in world war ii we did really really well compared to america they lost like so just like so many they just recruit children to be in the war yeah it's like all right three weeks of boot camp now yeah go to war kind of yeah thing. and they just throw money like especially in america they just throw money at you know funding war funding the military and all of this sort of stuff and then as soon as they're out and even here they're kind of just like oh well you're not our problem anymore like there's no mental health services the homeless rate and suicide rate among veterans here is quite high mm. um so yeah they're just kind of like oh we will give you lots of money to come and join we'll give you lots of money to come and fire guns like which is fun i do enjoy like i go sometimes yeah. go out to like the range and stuff and shoot yeah. guns because it is fun yeah uh, but why do americans love it so much it yeah fun. right it's like hoity, like hoiten toiten whatever yeah. they, <laughs> whatever they <laughs> say <laughs> yeah that's it and everyone's like oh cool you know like i'll go on this adventure and even the ads here and you know they make it sound like it's going to be such a huge amazing adventure and you're mm. going to see all these things and yeah 100% you are like you're going to go travel and you're going to go and do all of these things and especially if you join the air force it'd be pretty cushy yeah. <laughs> for 
Star Hotel. Talking about the difference between yeah and why everyone's the so forces. mean to the air forces. Yeah. yeah, but then as soon as you're out, they're kind of like, oh well. Uh, mm. I mean, here we just have a good infrastructure for dealing with. I mean, compared to the US, yeah, for yep. just the general public, so yep. which veterans have access to. But in America, it's like all the money goes into the military, but then nothing goes into any, any med- to medicine yeah. or you know hospitals yeah, at all. Anyway, any, so yeah. unless you're from a wealthy family, yep, too bad. And any kind of aftercare as well, and yeah. like for such a long time too. It's only like fairly recently that sort of the whole, I guess it almost comes under the whole like don't ask, don't tell thing. Mm. Um, you know, like you pretend like everything's fine, you get over it. And, you know, all of these vets have got like severe PTSD and anxiety mm. and severe depression. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it's totally fine. Just like suck it up. You know, you went to war and so did all of your buddies. And it's like, well, I literally watch my friends die in front of my yeah. eyes. And you're just going to be like, oh, no, it's totally fine, mate. You'll be yeah, sweet. Exactly. <laughs> Go have a beer at the pub. Like, like <laughs> Growing up, like I would hear people talking about how you know in World War Two they got over it, and so why do Vietnam veterans why they carry on so much? Yeah. It's like because they are aware now. Yeah. They became more aware of yeah. in the forties and fifties. You yep. weren't allowed to talk about mental health at all. Yeah, well they didn't. They didn't get over it. That was no. the thing. They just literally pushed it down, and then unfortunately it came out in a lot of ways, like abusive fathers and yeah. self medication and lots of drugs and suicide and you know like I had spoken to a few vets and stuff like that and. I don't think any of them ever volunteered any kind of information. They didn't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. why would you want to talk about it? Like, yeah. it's it's literally reliving a trauma. Mm. Like, imagine being told, oh, especially like earlier, like the, the earlier wars, being like, you know, it's going to be this adventure. You're going to see the world, like fight for your country, be a patriot. Like, mm. you know, how, how good's America? How good's Australia? Like, come fight, see the world. And then they get there. There's no food. Like, no. especially if you're out in the field, like there's, you're rationed your food, mail takes forever to get to you it's hot it's sweaty you don't have enough clothes if you're somewhere like Papua New Guinea it's dysentery like your socks literally stick to your feet and you're peeling skin off like you it's awful and they just were like no it's gonna be fun you guys like come hang out it'll be a party and they're like a big holiday yeah and they're like I literally had to cut the ass of my pants out because my butthole would not close and I was literally just leaking shit all the time so like it was yeah like it's awful and then they're like no it'll be sweet come join the war we need you like woo (laughs) if I ever tried to have another war like I mean America might be alright because they're still right wing nut jobs who want to serve and all that sort of thing but like I think you'd be hard pressed getting anyone wanting to sign up like we don't want to be drafted because yeah well I a few years ago like I was like yep look if anything ever happened and they needed people like just for reference for your for your viewers I have pink and purple hair and piercings and tattoos and (laughs) I grew up in in a very like conservative household I guess you would say so uh but I was like no I'll dye my hair it'll be sweet I'll take my piercings out like I'll go and join and I'll serve you know like all of that blah 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 but now that I think about it and like you know getting older and and becoming more aware there was a line in the um, movie where one of the characters said oh it's um like a white man's war like you need to open a book Mm. and now that I've actually gone and done that myself a little bit and kind of educated myself I'm like oh no I no, I don't think so. Like, I think I'd probably be those people that were out protesting in the streets yeah, getting arrested. The street, and if they got drafted, I would shoot my foot off. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> my bad. You can just add that to the list of disappointments. Which is why they recruit young people because young people haven't seen. Yeah, they're just naive. Yeah. Especially in, like, for example, if you came from a household like mine or you did cadets or something like that, you have this whole, like, oh, it's amazing, you know, like you're serving a country and yeah. patriotism. And, like, I definitely noticed that was a big theme in the, in the yeah. film, like, patriotism. It's like, love your country love your country so much that you'll die and I'm like why is your life worth that 
No. Like, why? I don't... And also, the Vietnam War was just, like, they were scared of communism? Yeah, that was, like, the big enemy. Like, I made a note of that. I was like, communism is, like, the huge enemy. Like, look, let's try. Communism is not good. Okay. <laughs> not not for communism. But, so, basically, from what I looked at um, when I was, sort of, just had a quick look at the Vietnam War, yeah. basically, it was North Vietnam versus South Vietnam, and the North had a lot of communist influence, like China mm. and stuff, and they were trying to overtake the South, and the South were like, nah. So, the US and Australia and everything came through and were like, yeah, nah. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah, they were like, oh, communism, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of the time, especially with war, they like there's this thing that's like, oh, this is really bad. This is really bad. And it's like hyped up and it's made it to be this huge deal. But in reality, it's not really yeah. what it is. There's almost like a... It's like, it's like the face of it or something. And then the reality is like when you boil it down, it's almost like an iceberg. Like yeah. at the top, it's like, ah, oh, communism. And then under the bottom, it's like, oh, well, actually we want this land because of this. Or, oh, we want this resource yeah. because of this. Or, you know, oh, like, hey, uh, we've pissed somebody off. So now we have to start a big fight. So, yeah. <laughs> big yikes, basically. Yeah. This movie made me realize how little I know about the Vietnam War. And now yeah. Wanna, yeah. It's so strange as well. Like, because like coming from a military family, basically, like um, I haven't had a long line of it, but, you know, my dad served in I think Afghanistan or something and you know I've done every Anzac Day since I was a kid I think I've missed two my whole life one I got very drunk for and totally just slept through it uh, <laughs> my bad <laughs> so was, yeah like it is always has been a really important thing for me and my family to acknowledge all of that and I'll always go to Anzac Days and, and things like that and pay yeah. our respects because it is like it is a big sacrifice and like all of these you know men and women and people in between who have gone and fought for the country it is a really honorable thing to do but it should have been an option in the first place like yeah. they shouldn't have even been given the option but yeah I really don't know much about it at all and even <laughs> there was an incident uh that led me to purchase a book about World War II <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> shall we remain yeah. nameless yeah. yeah um anyway rather traumatic but I it's like 900 pages I bought it like a year ago and I still haven't cracked it open and I'm like oh my god you know like knowing almost nothing and even when I went to Europe and you probably would have noticed the same thing when I went to Frankfurt the cathedral there there was like signs and I was reading about the building and it's like um oh this building it was one of the only buildings that wasn't bombed in Mm. the war and I was like what and I had no idea of the absolute gravity of like basically the whole of Europe was flattened yeah like and I had no idea they just didn't teach us that yeah and they rebuilt it and then it's yeah it takes you going over there like in Dresden how only until very only until about 10 years ago the main cathedral there which is a big beautiful building they just left in ruins oh wow from the war as like a reminder of the war yeah and they've only just decided to rebuild it they're using new stone to repair it but leaving the old stone to be Mm. different colouring so you can still see yeah yeah it's kind of nuts yeah yeah. and like you know we focus on this so much that we just don't learn about yeah and it's it's like it's scary because then like I noticed that as I said there's a lot of comparisons that I Mm. could draw to 2020 and especially with like the Trump like Republican divide in America it was you know not having those visual reminders and not having that knowledge like it unfortunately a lot of it is ignorance Mm. on you know the general public's part but at the end of the day it's also a failing on our schooling system because they just don't teach you and unless you actively did modern history yeah we didn't all do no I was like no I'm gonna go and play with fun chemicals in the lab instead I'm I'm gonna learn ancient history that's yeah, important. yeah. <laughs> also, weirdly, I found out that Egypt, like pe- white people, used to eat mummies. That's a whole nother conversation. Yes, it's but jerky, don't you know? <laughs> it was literally like I was. I sent it to my friend who's a modern history, like an ancient history teacher, and I was like, "Is this true?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Ah, white people again. Why?" <laughs> 
It just can't keep anything. Just leave it alone. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's just like it's not something that you learn about, and yeah. it's just yeah. I think it's a really big failing, I guess, in in teaching, and you just see it happen over and over again. Like yeah. people just are like, That's oh, people who are still like pro war, yeah, now because yeah. they just fundamentally do not understand no. how fucked war is, yeah. And you know, watching a war movie, like I watch, I love watching war movies, yeah, same. Uh, and like the whole time, I just think like I watched what was it 1917? I haven't seen that yet. And Apparently, it's really. Good I though. almost I thought I was going to die. I cried so much yeah. because all I can think about is like all these people just died. Yeah, and it was, what the fuck was it for? Yeah, like World War Two was an important war, but yeah, just so many people died so needlessly. Yeah, for... the one that really got me was the Book Thief because obviously, like you know, that's World War Two. Mm. I don't know if anyone's read it. If you haven't, it's by Marcus Suzak, like ten thousand times recommended. The book's really good. I mean, the movie's really good as well. But yeah, just seeing like the aftermath. So, um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it or read it. At the end of the the film and the book, basically her village gets bombed and her parents die. And it's just awful. Like I sat there and I literally was just like convulsing. I was like ugly crying. It was awful. And I just, the fact that people are like, yeah, you know, this is fine. I And here I am being like, I don't understand how anyone could be like, yep, let's do this. Yeah, let's subject this to our yeah. friends and family. Like, yeah. It's fucked. It's um, just wild. <laughs> well, on after all that, basically things get worse for Ron at this point. So, yeah. Uh, Hold my beer. A, a, broader, <laughs> a broader point was that war vets, they do this very honourable thing of going to war and then they're given very little when they come back. Yeah. So this hospital in Bronx for the vets is just like there's rats, it's filthy, there's it's understaffed. The staff are very apathetic. All the staff seem to be African-American, which, you know, that's why when you said, one of them said, this is a rich white man's war. Yeah. Like, to them, this is before, on the cusp of the civil rights movement, actually, you know, getting things signed and actually things changing for black Americans. And, yeah, why, as a black person, would you want to serve in the war? Like, they did, but... Yeah. Yeah, like, the average black person, why? I can't... I don't have rights here. Yeah. And that's why a lot of, a huge amount of protesters for the Vietnam War were black, because well, I know Muhammad Ali famously said a bunch of stuff I'm like why should we go over there and like I have more in common with yeah. the Viet Cong than I yep. do with white Americans yeah well if your country is not serving you why on earth would you go and yeah. serve your country and, like, yeah, and, and kill another race because I yeah because they're like oh you know I'm what I'm a white man and I've decided that I don't like these people so yeah the staff are just like very not into it and also they got, they're under resourced I cannot convey how fucked this it was it was disgusting <laughs> like there was no like, especially in, like now that we are in a global pandemic I was just like yeah. <laughs> I was like a disease everywhere yeah, like the nurses is like just don't feed the rats and they won't bother you like yeah like oh sure no worries it's totally fine thanks susan like <laughs> oh, <geez>. cheers <laughs> And like when they're all the ones who are paralyzed, so Ron is paralyzed from the chest down, told he won't walk ever again and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he has no no control of the lower body. So they all get like, they're getting hosed down and yeah. they all have like getting enemas and, mm-hmm. you know, colostomy bags and yeah, all that. And it's just, there's no dignity. It's no. just Yeah, they're like, awful. there's no curtains, there's no privacy, there's yeah. nothing. But again, I think that comes down to the aftercare. Like there's no yeah, funding for it. Like, no so funding, they're like, yeah. yeah, well, hey, you, here you go. Thanks for nearly dying. Here, have another chance at Dilly dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe like, you'll maybe, get syphilis. Maybe you'll survive this. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe you'll get septicemia and die. Like, <laughs> Congrats. Uh, good on you for serving. Yeah, mate. thanks so much. Here's your here's your thanks. <laughs> here's a medal and a get the fuck out of and here. An, and an honorary disease. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> 
Um, he's determined to walk again, and so he's doing rehab. And the doctors are like, "You're never going to walk again." He was so brutal. Like that was mean. Yeah, that was really mean. I think all the rehab he's doing is actually to his detriment, which it is because he's getting really cocky. And I'm like, Jesus, Tom Cruise's upper body. He was buff. He was on crutches and he had his legs braced and so he couldn't use his legs at all. And he was like powering along on the yeah. crutches, and like, which doesn't work because he ends up falling up and falling and because he can't feel his legs, he actually breaks and then because a compound fractured through his femur, yeah. which is your thigh bone, yeah. which is fucked, which he yep. can't feel, but like it's ruined his chances of not only walking again, but he almost doesn't get to keep his leg. Like, he... Yeah, he was so, so worried about that. Yeah, so and especially like... like being in that disease ridden, like, oh yeah, it has to be like the only way you can be kept, keep your leg, because if they just chopped it off, he'd be actually get him out yeah probably but be better he off. <laughs> had to be in traction for like four weeks yeah which is just when you're upside down and i just oh yeah he, no he was like yeah he was strapped into this bed and then yeah he was like absolutely cracked the shits at the nurse because he was like still laying upside down looking at his own yeah vomit. looking at his own vomit and it's like well these poor people are understaffed so yeah they that, like turn him around and he gets it's He's so agitated, he starts fighting when they're so fighting and that's when one of the orderlies is, has a go at him and like, yeah. don't fucking touch me, this isn't my fault. Stick your Vietnam War up your ass. Yeah. It becomes a recurring cry later in the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets to keep his leg, which is nice. like he almost, like very close to losing it because this pump that I couldn't figure out and I yeah. might ask a doctor friend if they can tell me what it is, but this pump stops working. Like they finally get a doctor who's like, I'll just see if I can rig something up, but there's no yeah. fun. Like, this is the only pump yeah. we have. Um, yeah, they were quite they, they made a point of being like yes this we are very understaffed yeah. so there is literally nothing i can do it's yeah. the only pump we have oh, we can't get more yeah there's no money for yeah more equipment more staff so yeah unfortunately you do have to lay there and look at your vomit and also <laughs> yeah if this doesn't work you, your legs get in the chop but he gets to keep it which i guess nice like the the, the orderly's like why the fuck do you care you can't feel it yeah anyway. he's like i can't feel my leg but it's my leg yeah he's like it's my leg and i'm like bro hey, just like- cop your loss and move on i guess yeah. <laughs> It's one less thing to worry about. If I could, like sometimes I look at my legs and like you bastards. Yeah, if my legs didn't work, I don't know. Maybe I'd just be like, yeah, well, if it's if it's best to get rid of them. I mean, like obviously I've never been in that situation. Yeah, I, think I don't know how I would react, but pride yeah, I think so. His him... uh, as a point that I'd noticed earlier in the movie, his uh, fragile male ego. Yeah. <laughs> No, my pride. No, not my pride. My ego. I also wonder because he was when he was looking at the soldiers when he was a kid. If he felt a little like a bit repulsed by these soldiers with the who were amputees and Quite stuff. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to look like that. I want to. True. And there's also definitely no chance I'll ever walk again if I don't have both of my legs. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, well, that's sort of no. Stuff. Good point. I reckon that's probably pretty accurate actually. Uh, he goes back home. It's 1969. Family reunion. His dad's just absolutely overwhelmed with joy. Mm. The mum is well. She's a bit of a cunt. She. Yeah. <laughs> Put it mildly. Comes up and she's like, greets him, and he's like, Oh, you look great, mum. Your hair looks great, which is true. When he left, her hair was fucking appalling. That weird. The, uh, she she scoops, just. I can't even describe As a it. whole thing, yeah. she's just appalling. <laughs> From the top to the bottom and inside out. <laughs> like all the neighbors come and sort of like say, Oh, you're, you're looking good, mate. Yeah, I thought that was so weird. I'm like, If I. I wouldn't want like anyone know it. I'd be like, Just let me go inside. I just have to go inside and yeah. maybe later have a barbecue and like, Everyone come over and yeah. sort of chat. I don't know. Yeah. Like, as I'm getting. But also, it was car. so weird that they all just knew that he was home. And yeah, they were all just like, yeah, at the windows. yeah. And they're like, oh, it's so good to have you home. And I'm just like, he's like weirdly very happy about it. Like props to him. Because I'd be like, can you just let me go inside? Yeah. And Well, he's not full of furious rage yet. Like, yeah, that's very true. He's still like, yeah, I'm a vet. Like I serve my country. Yeah. Go me. A yeah. plus, I, I did it. Yeah. And well, he does, I think he admits it later, but he actually kind of thinks this is his punishment for not winning the war kind of thing. Like, oh, he, God. It's kind of like, 
yeah, because I got myself shot. Kind of what I get for like, I'm like, whoa, that's a fucked up. Like, Weirdly <laughs> enough, actually, when I did Kokoda, we learned a little bit about um, Japan and the way that they like their military operates. Mm. And for them, I don't know if it's still a thing. I don't really know much about it. But back then, it was more honourable to die than it was to lose. Yeah, that's a throwback to the samurai era. Um, yeah, and they didn't bring their like their fallen soldiers home. They stayed. But there was one guy, also another good book. Uh, it's called The Bone Man, and he went and literally found all of his, his fellow soldiers and dug oh, them up wow. and brought them home, yeah, because he was like, no, they shouldn't be left there. Like, they should be at home. And Yeah, yeah it's it's a thing, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah, that's that weird jingoism, hyper-military yeah. thing. Yeah, weird. Yeah. So yeah, he goes, like, he goes, sees his old bedroom, he's reminiscing, his dad is very emotional. Like, it's very sweet. It's like telling him about how he's fixed the bathroom for him, and then he's it has a big cry, and it's like he's done such dad. a legend. Yeah. I love him so much. I was like, I wrote that in my. I was like, Dad is a good person. <laughs> Uh, so he meets with Steve. So Steve was the guy who was kind of trying to tell, talk him out of the war yeah. earlier, of, of joining the Marines. He's now got the successful burger chain and the most aesthetic building I've ever fucking seen. It was so 60s, like this dome with these weird shaped windows and all the furniture inside was like obnoxious, like oranges and blues and everything. And it was so <laughs> 60s. I'm like, uh, that building obviously existed in, in the late 80s still and I kind of hope it's still around because... Mwah. Um, <laughs> And they're making, like, he's got this successful burger chain and he's talking to Ron, being like, we could work together. And he's like, oh, you mean like a partnership? Like, no, mostly that you could be a my cashier and work your way up to manager. Yeah, he's kind like, of I, could, I could teach you about it. And yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh, I've got my military pension. I might be right. It's like, that's charity. He's like, really charity? Yeah, and then his friend sort of says like, dude, you should never have gone to war. Like, you bought the lie about communism, yeah. about Vietnam. And yeah. this is kind of what happened. Yeah, like, you drank the Kool-Aid, bud. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a 4th of July parade, so it's his birthday, obviously. You know, it's a big deal. He's back from the war. And um, so he's in the parade in the big convertible and you know, yeah. waving to everyone. And he starts, he's here on the firecrackers and he starts kind of like, yeah. oh boy, I don't like this. PTSD and flashback. Children <laughs> pointing flags at him like guns. and Yeah, problematic. Yeah, don't, um, don't let your kids do that. Don't. Why do parents let their kids yeah. like, pretend to shoot each other? I don't it's understand. so strange. Like, I understand when you're a kid and you're playing like cops and robbers and stuff. Like, that's good fun. And you're like, Especially, yeah. you're like, hey, pow, 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 like, bang, bang. And, yeah, as you get older, it's kind of like, oh, maybe don't point anything maybe that's... Not at the Vietnam yeah, vets. Yeah, <laughs> that's mildly weapon-like. Yeah. Like, geez louise. But I also noticed as well that I think he was the only one out of his town... That survived. That, that yeah. survived, yeah. Yeah, there were six others who all, who would yeah. all die. So they're honouring him. With he's on the parade and then on the podium and he's going to give a big talk and they're talking about it. And yeah, like, six other soldiers had died. Yeah. Everyone's, like, clapping, like, hooray, they saved the country. Yay, like, good job. But those families feel great in the audience there. Yeah. Um, you could see, actually, they, they did a shot of one of the, the mums and she yeah. was just in tears. Yeah. Like. He goes up and has a talk and, you know, he's still very pro-military at this point. But as he's talking and talking about the other soldiers and how morale's really high, he actually hears a baby crying in the audience and he has real bad PTSD flashbacks yeah. to that baby in Vietnam who was left to die. And, yeah, well, maybe that. I keep thinking about that and I'm like, I hope the other guys, someone got in there and saved that baby because I think. I'm going to uh, burst your bubble. And <laughs> they probably them. just, well, we find out later, they probably just killed the baby. Well, I think, 
I think maybe even they called in an airstrike because they were like, we have to get out, we have oh. to get out. I think they just, yeah, slaughtered oh, the whole village. Geez. So, yeah, soz. <laughs> oh, Happy Sunday. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so, yeah, this is basically the point where I think we're starting to see little little seeds of, like, a bit earlier on they have, they're watching TV and they're showing anti-war, the anti-war protesters, and he is appalled. Yeah. Like, he is like, how dare they? They yep. don't understand all that sort of stuff. But, My, like, when uh, he starts getting, like, proper PTSD and mm. everything... And I think this is just the point where he starts having some little seeds of yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite phrase was yeah. uh, that he said was uh, "love it or leave it." Yeah. Um, and that's basically nowadays that's um pretty much just being like I'm a racist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was back then "love it or leave it" was just applied to anyone who was. Just, yeah, it was like no, nah, well, uh, get out. Bought, yeah. Yeah. If you you if you you don't love America, so you can leave. It's like yeah. oh, so actually you're pro-immigration then. <laughs> if you want people to leave. Uh, he also runs in to Timmy, a friend from high school who also joined and was a wounded in Vietnam and is now back as a vet. And they trade, just trade war stories and have a chat. I remember the mum's kind of staring at them. She's like, because they're, they're drinking and yeah. smoking out there. Yeah. But yeah, so he has now has someone to speak to, which is probably a tenth of what he needs therapy-wise. Yeah. But it's something. And they, yeah. yeah, trade war stories. And I just realised we should probably stop there. Yeah. Uh, we've gone for quite a while. We probably <laughs> had a whole mini-sode in there. That yeah, we could, right. <laughs> which is fine. That was a really good conversation. But yeah, we might hold it there um, because there's still a little bit to go and we have lots to grapple with now that he's starting to turn to be a bit more anti-war. Still a little little way to go but yeah, yeah. we'll stop here. So while we wrap up, can I ask you where we can find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at InfiniteAllieN with two L's. <laughs> I'll, I'll pop it in the show notes. Yes. And for me, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Tom Cruise Reviews. It's Tom Cruise Review, no S on Twitter. Or just jump on my website, TomCruiseReviews.com. We'll continue with part two next week. In the meantime, catch you then. Bye.